This is the Mess It Up Podcast, where we take your mess and turn it into a message. And now, here's the Bowtie Guy. Hey guys, welcome to the Mess It Up Podcast. It is 2021. Are you feeling better now? Uh, we, we've got um, our first couple shows in, and hopefully the new year is treating you a little bit better. It's a little bit tricky because Andrew and I, Andrew, by the way, is going to be my guest today. Hey, uh, hey. We don't know if it's any better because we're still in 2020 as we record this. We're talking uh, in the future. Oh. Hi, future me. <laughs> <laughs> um, so anyhow, uh, hopefully 2021 is uh, treating you a little bit better than 2020 did. And hopefully you were able to find good things about 2020 as well. Uh, like I said, this is the Mess It Up podcast. We try to take messes, turn them into messages. We are back on our... Uh, walk through the steps. So we'll be looking at step eight today. Uh, you heard my friend Andrew there. He's going to be joining me. But I just want to say a couple of things before we start. And if you've been a listener to the show, you kind of know where I'm going right now. Uh, we'd like you to go out and rate the show on your podcatcher, whatever you're using. Give us a rating on the uh, that uh, particular podcatcher so that we can do a little bit better on their algorithms and get fed up to new people. Uh, it's a new year. And so people got new devices and are well, normally they'd be going to the gym right now. This is a big time for new people to the gym, but you know, doing new New Year's resolutions. So podcatcher or podcasts a lot of times get new listeners at the beginning of the year. We'd love to catch that wave. So you can share the show easily by just giving us a rating on that uh, podcatcher that you're using, and that will push us into their algorithms a little bit higher. You can also give us a review if you want to spend a little bit more time. You can also just. Uh, you know, share the show on social media. We are on Facebook, we're on Instagram, we're on Twitter, we're on Reddit, we're on uh, MySpace. <laughs> so, uh, you know, go out and find us, share in the fun, doing all that kind of stuff, and we'd love to have you there. Um, you can also uh, become a patron of the show by going to messituppodcast.com, clicking on the Become a Patron button. And for as little as $1 a month, you can financially support the show. And we are 100% listener supported. We get no money from anywhere else. And this is my job. So all the money that comes in, that's my paycheck. So I really appreciate the people who are doing that. Uh, you make it easier for me to buy food at the store. So thanks a whole bunch for supporting and being here. Um, we've got a word of the week. And I was listening to a podcast as I was driving to the airport to pick up my family during the break. And it's a British guy. guy well, he was on this uh, summer. A guy named Andrew. Not this Andrew, but a different Andrew. <laughs> Andrew from Scotland, the uh, um, Ars blog guy. And he said, oh, I'm loath to do this. And I thought, oh, boy, that's such a British-sounding word, that loathe. And I love how they use loathe. And loathe means to sincerely despise something. But I love the way he uses it as a verb to say, I'm loath to do this. I'm a little hesitant because I dislike doing it so much I don't want to. And sometimes when we get into this step eight, which we're going to be talking about today, we're a little bit loath to do it. So if you can use the word loath in a sentence this week, give yourself uh, eight bonus points because we're on step eight. But if you use it as a verb and say, I'm loath to do something, give yourself 16. Give it the double. Uh, because it's a lot easier to uh, not want to do something than to just hate something and despise it. Uh, I so loathe to try to do that, though. Oh, yeah. <laughs> Andrew's getting his bonus points already. Um, so we're here with step eight uh, today. And I guess I should just let Andrew say hi first. 
I'm just ramming all the words in. Andrew, do you want a couple of words? Hi. <laughs> <laughs> hey, everyone. It's uh, good to be back. Hope you uh, get a little something out of this. I'm sure I will as yeah. we talk through. Cool. Uh, so step eight says, and this is, we, we read the steps from um, the Celebrate Recovery steps because we're a Celebrate Recovery group. They're basically the same as AA steps with a couple of minor word changes in there. But uh, step eight says, we made a list of all persons we had harmed and became willing to make amends to them all. What were your initial thoughts first time you uh, approached this step, Andrew? Did you have any uh, qualms about doing any of this or fears, concerns, worries? Um, one of my biggest worries, and this was sort of, oh, there's one word in that step that actually helps to remove some of that stress, and uh -huh. it's that whole word of being willing, uh -huh. right? It's not that I need to go and make those amends. It's that I need to be willing to make those amends. Yes. And that, that I think that was the thing, though, because like every sort of movie you watch with someone that's going through this step or trying to make amends with people, they go to like their worst enemy and they're trying to say sorry. Yeah. And it's like, well, that's, that wasn't the right timing. And right. that whole idea of being willing to do so is different because uh, it's on, this is about ourselves, right? Mm -hmm. It's, it's on our own well-being. on, okay, well, I'm willing to make those amends, but it, that person might not be willing to accept them. Yeah. And yeah. so it's more about that idea of being willing to do so rather than, yeah, that's a huge fulcrum on this step and a, a huge thing that people overlook because you do. Uh, I, I saw plenty of TV shows and movies where people went through the steps and they had to go and, you know, hi, sir, I was drunk and I killed your <laughs> child in an accident and I'm sorry. And, you know, and then they either get the door slammed in their face or they hug or whatever. It's, that has not been my experience. <laughs> but it's not even where we are on this point. You know, we get that that amend step after we become willing. And I look at this as the gestation period for amends. You know, before, I have two daughters right now that are pregnant. And before the baby comes, it, it has to get formed. And they their body has to become willing to come out into the world. And right now, our amends, we're becoming willing to make those amends. We're not going out and doing it. And that's something I always worry about when I teach on a Friday night. It's like, okay, I'll teach a lesson on amends and someone's going to just run out and go and <laughs> do that, you know? And it's just like you said, that the key thing in there is timing. And if we're not ready to do it, if we're not prepared for it, it won't happen. You know, there's a lot of practice that a team goes through before it plays a game. They, they do way more practice hours than they do game time hours in any sport because you've got to be ready for what you're going to do. Um, so, uh, there's there's two things that I look at. Um, we made a list of all persons, and then we became willing to make amends. And the thing is that we repeat this word all. That's another thing that can get overlooked in this process, in this step um, eight and nine, is the all part. And there is a caveat that we'll get to with step nine um, about when we injure people, but but I think we need to be prepared to make amends to everybody. We won't make amends to everybody, but we need to be prepared to make them to everybody. And for me, it can be very easy to cross off some of those on the list that I just don't want to. I am loath to do because I don't feel like looking at that person. I don't feel like forgiving that person. I don't. What were some some 
reasons that you had for not wanting to do an amend for someone? Were there any that, that came up that were bigger <laughs> than others? Like not 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 specific amends, but but reasons, you know, excuses that you tried to formulate. One of the one of the things I think was the one person that sort of came in mind was one of my aunts that I ended up chewing out and because the me before I was a very angry person and that that temper wasn't really I wasn't able to hold it back and that ended up making it where it was really tough to for me to think like okay well that person's never going to want to talk to me and whenever I talk to them they're just going to hurt me and make me stumble you know that that was really one of the things of mind for me and one of the things that I need to make amends for is I had this all set up and it was all working again and yet again I have messed up the sound so I apologize <laughs> for the last eight minutes where I was muffled um, we'll try to get it fixed at the break uh, yeah for me there were a lot of those that I just felt like I don't there's a sort of a, an implied feeling throughout my history of if I apologize to someone then I have to be friends with them and that's not what the amends process is about it doesn't say I became willing and prepared to be friends with everybody in the world but we're making amends for the things we're doing and sometimes you make amends and and it's an unhealthy relationship. You don't need to be in that relationship. And that was one of the things that I was worried about. I was like, I don't want to now have a relationship with this person. I, I, It's not healthy for me. I don't want to be around them. And so that idea that this was an unhealthy relationship became an avenue for the opportunity to not do the amend for me. Uh, so I, that was one thing that my sponsor had to get me to understand was... You're not going out and making friends with everybody. It doesn't have to end in a hug. And and the idea that you know sometimes these amends, like you you said it at the beginning, this is for us, so that we can be healthy. We're not trying to heal a relationship. We're trying to heal our relationship with Christ and with ourselves. So we're healing ourselves. But that doesn't mean that everybody's going to want to listen. Um, have you had amends that didn't work out? Not so far. I think part of it is because I didn't. I'm just, well, I think a lot of the people that were in my life that I would need to make those amends for, I'm like, I live so much further away from them now. Mm -hmm. So that opportunity never arose, right? Yeah. And that's, that's sort of what, but like, it's interesting to see sort of from that distance how those people are changing. Yeah. And how like, okay, maybe down the road that opportunity might present itself, but I need to make sure that I'm good on myself for that whole idea i do think it's very funny though like speaking of movies and stuff right where you know, it's instantly thought of that okay well you make amends with them and then you're their best friend or you, you make amends with them and you're back with your ex-wife and it's yeah like, it doesn't have to be that way no. and i think movies don't really talk to that sort of subject because it's not very warm fuzzy feeling sort right. of thing yeah it doesn't make people want to stay in the theater and eat popcorn or come back and watch it again yeah yeah it um to me i i have this uh hesitant thing a bit of reticence which is an old word of the week to do some amends because 
I love pie, but I hate humble pie. And it's just that feeling of saying I'm wrong. It's almost like, you know, I'm old enough that I'm a, you know, happy days kid. And I remember the Fonz trying to spit out the words, I'm wrong. I was like, I was, <laughs> and that's the way I feel is like, I don't want to say I was wrong. And it's really difficult. The most difficult amends that I've had to make, and I've had to make it several times is with my mother and to admit, okay, I was wrong, even though I know that she was also wrong because I, I have known my mother long enough to know that when she hears me say I'm wrong, that means it's a binary thing. One person is wrong. One person is right. It's not two people making mistakes. And that just kills my pride. It just hurts me in my pride to say I was wrong because I know she's thinking, yes, you were wrong. And then she's thinking that I'm saying she was right. And one of the things about amends is, but does not come into it. <laughs> and you does not come into it. it. It's something that I am not allowed to say or add. So I just have to say, I was wrong. This is what I did. And I'm sorry. And here's how I'm going to, you know, try to make up for that. And I've had to do that a couple times with my mother. And I can just see her thinking, yeah, I knew you were wrong. I knew it. And, and that just, <laughs> oh, I'm such a control freak and a prideful guy that I just, it, it goads me to do that. But it's what I have to do to be healthy because otherwise it's like, you know, like I always tell people that bitterness is poison that I'm taking hoping someone else dies. And so far, the only person who's dying is me. So it's, it's tricky that I think that's my biggest part, hardest part with, with doing amends is my pride getting in the way. Yeah, I totally get that. That's, that's really hard to, cause I'm the same. It's like, okay, I, I know I did something wrong. But there's these other things that I think the person should be sorry for, too. Right. And it's like, oh, like, I'm sorry. And then you want that person to say, or I want that person to say, like, oh, I'm sorry, too. And I did these things. Right. And we can't, you know, I can't expect that going in. I just need to know that, hey, this is for me. And if that person decides to say I'm sorry, too, great. If they right. don't, I wasn't expecting it. That's just icing on the cake. Yeah. It's so difficult for me because... One thing that sets my mind at ease is when there's understanding. There doesn't have to be agreement, yeah. but understanding. And so for the other person to say, oh, you know what? I did this. And, and, and I'll look at something and like an example is with my mother. Um, we got into a bit of a, it wasn't a, a, a knockdown drag out fight. It was a, I gave her the silent treatment for an hour and a half drive and left her standing in Costco by herself after she had just had, you know, hip replacement and was a big jerk. But she had been like poking me all day long with stuff and I just, I lost my temper. And what I want to say to make myself feel better is she made me do this. She made me give her the silent treatment. She made me walk away from her and fend for herself at Costco. But the fact is, she didn't make me do anything. Nobody can make me do anything. I chose, based on her input, to give her my reaction. And so it's all on me. But what I wanted her to do is acknowledge the fact that she was being very difficult and poking at me the entire time. And she never did that. And that, it was frustrating. But I knew that in order for me to heal, I needed to 
apologize and make amends for what I had done. I can't apologize for that other person. I can't make amends for that other person. And I can't make them do it because just like they can't make me do anything, I can't make them do anything. So that's that's my biggest hurdle with this step is getting myself in a mindset where I'm able to release that person from what I see as their um, culpability or guilt or responsibility in the action. Um, and the way I, well, have you had that experience or? I, I think everyone has, to be honest, yeah. if, I, if I were to say what I'm thinking there. But, but yeah, I've totally, I totally get that where it's, you know, no matter what you do, you, you know, at least for me, I'm so prideful or in a way I started thinking about it while you're talking that, you know, that, that codependency factor mm-hmm. of what people think of me. Well, if they think I'm wrong and they're right, that they're better than me, then I'm not a good person anymore. Right. Right. And that's that's a struggle for me because I don't like disappointing people or I don't like being looked down on or seen as lower or stupider or whatever the case yeah. may be. I'm so proud of how I uphold myself that it's hard to you know, be accepting of this step. Um, I, I think one of those key fundamental things is, you know, we're going through this for ourselves. Like, I can't help but always, whenever there's an argument I have with someone, think about, oh, they have these struggles and they need to work on these things and they need to say <laughs> that they're wrong and they need to do these things. And they, you know, like that's so easy to do to point the other finger mm-hmm. or point your finger at someone else. And, and instead of pointing it back at yourself and go, you know, that fifth column of my part. Yes. Right. Yes. And that's what I was going to say is when I stopped myself, I was about to say that is, you know, that's how I get through it is that what's my part in this? What is my responsibility? I'm only in charge of my responsibility. I, I can't try to put myself in charge of anybody else's because that's a just a flawed equation from the get go. And, and yeah, you, you nailed it right there with that. That's, that's the critical. And that's, that's the thing I love about the steps is they all work together. It's yeah. like, we're working on step eight here, but we're also looking back at step four and step four just keeps on coming through. And then eventually, you know, step 10 will come in and step yeah. 12 will come in all these different things. And it's, it's just this process that, that we go through and it can be easy to want to jump over those processes. But I try to look at it as like, if I'm putting a screw into a board well, the first thing I need to do is obtain a screw. And then I need to obtain a screwdriver. And then I need to use a screwdriver on the screw and twist it and, and get it in there. And I can't just take a screwdriver and hold it next to a board and say, okay, I'm done. I, if I skip that first step, nothing else works. If I skip the step of grabbing the screwdriver, it, it, I'm just stalled. At the, and so we've got to do all the steps and or, or the project doesn't get complete. And you never need just one screw to hold something down. There's always going to be multiple screws and you're going to be doing it. You know, a screwdriver is not a loaner tool. It's a tool that everybody should own, you know, because you do that enough in your life that it's necessary. So, wow, we've been chattering on for a while. And by we, I mean <laughs> me. Um, so I want to take a look at our song of the week here. And uh, I did the standard thing I do with Andrew and didn't prepare for a song of the week. And I just let him pick something um, because he's good at that kind of thing. Uh, and so, Andrew, tell them what we got for the song of the week, and then we'll throw it to a 90-second break. So we got a champion by Bethel. I've tried so hard to see it. 
So we are back with that. That is such a great song. And it's funny, it, when we did this song at the beginning, uh, there's the, the idea of champion. There's this song. And then what's the other one? My champion. My champion. Yeah. Uh, and so we had to make sure we were doing the right song, but we were. Do, was I doing the right song? Okay. I yeah, didn't even check. That's the right one. <laughs> <laughs> so, and then last time I did this with Andrew, I said, we're not going to talk about what it'll do. And we both came in with the same stuff. So I have four points. Andrew has two. And I said, okay, take your two and I'll take my two. That you don't take. Uh, so Andrew... What what's tell us about this song? Uh, the the first one that the first um, lyric that stands out to me a lot is that idea of perfection could never earn it. You know, you give what we don't mm. deserve, and you take broken things and raise them to glory. Right. So the the whole first line of that perfection could never earn it. So that idea, because I'm a perfect perfectionist. Let's be honest here. Yeah. Um. So I like to make sure things are 100 percent whenever I can, and the thing is that. We're never going to reach that if we don't, you know, humble ourselves and go to the Lord because he's the one that will bring us all the way through. Right. Right. And that idea of, you know, we we're not perfect, you know, and, and that's okay. And it's okay that we're wrong. It's okay that we did things that were incorrect and or that we, you know, we hurt somebody on accident. Like we yeah. didn't intend it. And, you know, the idea is that we want to continue to become more like Jesus and become more perfect but that won't really ever happen until you know we were with him finally right i remember when i was teaching uh, we used to do science and i would have my kids do everything using the scientific method and do a write-up and they would always have to bring me their hypothesis first and then in their conclusion they'd have to tell me about you know if the hypothesis was correct or not and i could see kids going back and erasing their hypothesis and i said no it's not about being right if all of your science is right, you'll never, you won't learn much. You'll learn yeah. something, but you won't learn much. You learn in the mistake. That's where things grow. And so we've got to be willing to do that. And the way that I was, you know, when I would talk to people in the prison, I was told them the way I did my time, I didn't do my entire sentence because I knew I couldn't, but I knew I could do half of it. I can do half of anything. So I just put the halfway date and I worked my way to that. And when I hit that, then I took the rest and I cut it in half again. And I just always... On a large task, I just do half of it. Uh, when I'm painting a room, 
I always mark off things and I just do sections and quadrants of it so I can see that I'm making progress because when I see that progress, it keeps me going. If I look at the entire thing, I'm not gonna, you know, I mean, yeah. the, that whole idea of the marathon starts with the first step, you know, yeah, you can't do it all at once. So yeah, that's, that's a good point. And I was worried because we wrote at the same time, <laughs> but I was writing about the broken to glory. And I love the fact that he uses our brokenness. Yeah. He doesn't wait for our perfection, like you said, to say, look, ta-da, look at what God has done. He's like, look, I've got this broken person. And he takes the mess, turns it into a message. Yeah, yeah. Awesome. Did I steal your second one? No, you didn't. Oh, good. That would have been sick. <laughs> <laughs> uh, my second one was, it's the bridge of this song. And I love a good bridge that just builds and builds. And this is one of those songs that does that. Uh, but it goes... There's two sort of pieces I'd like to highlight. It's about when I lift my voice and shout or when I open up my mouth. So that idea of, you know, we can't hold in all these things, all this baggage in our life. We do need to, going back to what we're talking about today, you know, be willing to talk about these things, right? And be willing to approach those people and say, hey, I'm sorry, or hey, I did these things and I'm wrong. But that whole idea... And something that I realized that this could kind of get people into is that, well, Jesus is giving me this authority to open up my mouth and tell them all the things wrong about themselves. Yeah. But no, it's not at all about that, right? It's all about, you know, I need to lift my voice and talk Jesus's word to others. And more importantly, through my own testimony. And a yeah. big part of that is being humbled and, you know, saying, you know, making those amends or becoming willing at least to make those amends so that we know that, well, these are the things that I'm trying to become better at. Yeah. And yeah. And, and I locked onto the bridge as well that, you know, and it says, um, I have the authority Jesus, Jesus has given me. And when I look at that, I think, okay, I have it. He gave it. So that implies I took what he gave me and recovery, salvation, all of those things requires action on my part to just accept what he's given me. And by this, that line, I have the authority Jesus has given me. It's like, I have it. I didn't take it and set it down. I didn't walk past it. Jesus gave it, but then I accepted it. And now I've got it. And I think about Charlie uh, in the chocolate factory running out. I've got a golden <laughs> ticket, you know, and, and I've got that. And, and I love that fact. And it, it, I have to remind myself that it's up to me. If I wait for somebody else to do it, just like we say in the amends, it's up to me to make that amends. I can't wait for someone to say they're sorry to me and then I'll do it because that's now a, uh, that's a contingency plan on amends. And there's, it's gotta be without reservation. And um, yeah. Uh, also, I wrote down a couple of things here. Um, there's a line that says, I am who you say I am. And it makes me think, you know, who does Christ say I am? Because what the world says I am and what I even say that I am is not what Christ says that I am. And I've got to keep that Christ definition foremost because that's going to be the best definition of me. Christ is going to have the best definition of me of anybody, even better than I might give to myself. And it's going to be the most honest one. And and so if I can focus on, on who Christ says I am and be that person... Um, we were watching Cobra Kai last night and we, we started watching that and he was, uh, teaching him how to do the, 
bonsai tree and he said you know you see what you want and then you make it happen and if i see what christ has for me then i know what i'm trying to make happen it's it's like the ikea instructions there's no words but there's a picture you're like i see this okay now i make this happen or lego kit you know it's like i see it now i make it happen if i just throw all the legos out it's probably not going to turn out the way that they had it designed. <laughs> um, so I need to look at Christ's thing. And then um, there's a line in there that says, uh, now I finally see it. You're teaching me how to receive it. Uh, it's totally step eight. Like you're teaching me how to receive this. I'm, I'm preparing myself to make the amends. I'm becoming willing and Christ is guiding me through that. So uh, this was just a, a fantastically... <laughs> Perfect song. Perfect song for this. You know, it's just spot on. So, so that's excellent. Um, in, in looking at doing this step, what, what experience did you have that made this successful to Andrew uh, as, as a step eight? What was, was there an aha moment or a light bulb thing or just like, oh, okay, I know that I've done this. And, and, and did you feel yourself getting over any humps with this step? I think my, so, so full disclosure, a lot of my benefit in getting through the steps, I think really ties back down to my, I had my wife going through the steps on her own behalf, you know, at the same time, but she was about a month or two ahead. So okay. she would talk about these things ahead of time and I'd be like, oh, that's good to think about. Oh, so nice. I had sort of a person to help me cheat, but it wasn't, not in that sort of yeah. bad and it is wonderful Way, if but... you can have a couple going through <laughs> together and, and growing together instead of just like a lopsided thing where one co- member of the you know, relationship is growing and the other person yeah. is still stagnant. So that is that is a huge benefit. Yeah, and I think she would appreciate that because she always thinks that I'm ahead of her for some reason. I'm like, no, you were ahead of me. You were helping <laughs> me through these things too. And I think it would be, yeah, but... It, that I think that was one of the biggest helpful things for me. But I think going back to what I said towards the start, it's that whole idea of becoming willing. It's not that idea that I need to go do these things or that I'm going to have to talk to that person later. It's that you know I need to just be willing to do that. Yeah. And we can't do it until we become willing to, until we get over whatever mental hump it is that we've got to get over to do it. Uh, Bev and I watched The Amazing Race, and there's always these height challenges or food challenges and a person is like afraid of heights or like doesn't (laughs) like scorpions and they have to eat scorpions or whatever it is and you can see them like focusing like okay i can do this i can and and i think of myself standing on top of high cliffs in hawaii thinking okay i want to jump off i want to have this experience but i've got to get myself ready before i can do it and sometimes it takes a long time and sometimes I'm still on step eight at South Point. You know, I still haven't <laughs> jumped off of South Point. I've come about three feet as I worked my way up the ladder to do it. Uh, so the quick reverse here, uh, South Point is the southernmost tip of Hawaii. So it's the southernmost point of the United States. And there's a cliff that's about a 40-foot cliff. And it goes into the water. And so you can jump and the water is probably about 40 feet deep there. So there's no real risk of crashing into rocks or anything like that. It's just a high jump off of a cliff into water. And so I watched my son-in-law do it. I watched other people do it. And I wanted to do it. And when I get to the edge of that cliff, I just look and I was like, that's so high. 
and I have a bad back and I've had experiences on water slides where I've gone down a water slide and when I hit the pool of water, the bottom half of my body stops because of the water and the top half is going so it compresses my spine and throws my back out and then I can't move. And so in a water slide, it's not bad because there's lifeguards and there's people that can kick you out. But if you jump into the ocean and all of a sudden <laughs> your back goes out and you can't move, the risk of drowning is greater, it seems to me. Uh, so I get scared jumping off of these things. <laughs> but when you jump off a of South Point, there's a ladder that comes off of the cliff. It's just a, a steel ladder that they bolted into the rock and it swings because it's hinged so it can give with the waves and it's got padding on it. But you jump off and you swim over and climb up the ladder and do it again. So what I did was I climbed down the ladder and I jumped off the ladder at about 10 feet. I was like, okay, cool. Climbed up to about 15 feet and I just kept on doing that. Well, South Point is about 40 feet and I got to about 35 feet and I'm like, cool, I did it. This is great. I can do this. So I got up and when I got up to the top of the cliff, I was like, I can't do it. <laughs> I can't do it. And I just, I couldn't get myself to do it for whatever reason. So I still haven't overcome that hurdle. Um, but that's what it is. That's my step eight. It's like getting ready to do it. Even if you want to do it, I want to make amends to this person. I want to heal until I'm ready. I can't. And the fears of my past are what hold me back. It's, it's, it's not a fear of jumping into water. It's a fear that I've jumped into water and gotten hurt before that makes it so I'm more hesitant to do that. And, and Dave has never done that. So he just like, bonsai's right off that thing it's just nuts um so yeah so uh, any uh any other thoughts about step eight as we uh bring this to a close nothing from my end it's always a pleasure i do feel like i learned something each time too so yeah and it's it's such an important step it seems like a quick one to just jump over like people, okay yeah i'm ready i'm ready to do it but it's like step three where we turn our will over to christ for me, it can be easy to say, I'm ready. It can be easy to say, yeah, I turned my will over. The proof is in the pudding down the line. Do I actually do these things? And if I don't set the foundation with step three, step four is not going to work. If I don't set the foundation with step eight, step nine is not going to work. And if I haven't really turned my will over, step eight is not going to work because I'm still holding on. So if I have truly done my step three and turned my will over to Christ... Christ's will for me is to make these amends. So it should be, I shouldn't be hesitant in my step eight. And if I'm hesitant, that might mean that I need to just reassess my step three or go through, I've done step three. You know, I've gone through a step study probably a dozen times, but I've done step three probably 75 times or <laughs> 3,000 or a lot because I keep on like, I'll take that back right now if you don't mind, Jesus. <laughs> well, you were just borrowing it, right? Uh, so that's that's a, a, a thing that I have to just keep reminding myself is to just, if I trust the steps and if I follow all of them, everything else will just, it'll flow into itself. Yeah, so. Well, cool. Well, thanks for being here. Welcome to 2021. Woo! Even though it's still 2020 in our life, you know, <laughs> doing this weird time warp thing. Maybe we should have used the... the Let's do the time warp again for our song uh, of the week. Um, use that word of the week. Uh, don't be loath to do it. And um, it's really exciting to have you here. We'll be back next week with uh, step nine. And uh, until then, keep in mind, you can support us uh, on our Patreon page. Go to messituppodcast.com. Click on the Become a Patron. And uh, it'll give you all the information you need to know about that. New patrons get a free copy of my book. 
which is called Still in Beta. If you just want the book, you can go on Amazon on your Kindle and buy it. You can buy a paperback version on Amazon, or you can also get it on Apple Books. Uh, in the next year here, we're going to have a new book coming out soon. I'm working on that, so uh, hopefully in the next few months, I'll have more information about book number two. Um, and please uh, follow us on all the uh, social media places. Just become part of it. I'm really excited for this new year. I know it doesn't really matter, but I'm just a little tired of 2020, to be honest. Uh, so 2021, here we go. Wahoo. And we'll see you next time we mess it up. Thanks for checking out the Mess It Up podcast. If you've got any questions or feedback, please email info at messituppodcast.com. Don't forget to share with your friends, and we'll see you next time we mess it up. Are we recording? Oh, we're recording. Okay. Ooh. All right, All right so I'm going to come back into it now.